You're listening to Ditch the Diet Radio with myself, Rachel Foy, the Food Freedom Coach. This is a podcast for smart, driven, high-achieving women who are sick and tired of their food struggles holding them back from having a life that they really want. So if you're ready to stop the struggle with eating, fighting your body, and ultimately find your own food freedom, then you, my gorgeous, are so in the right place right now. If you love the conversations that we have here on Ditch the Diet Radio, then be sure to check out my website at rachelfoy.com for free workshops, gifts, and much, much more. So are you ready? Here's a brand new episode from Ditch the Diet Radio. Let's go! So hi there everybody and welcome to another episode of Ditch the Diet Radio with myself Rachel Foy, the Food Freedom Coach. How are you all doing today? It's another beautiful sunny day here in the UK. Autumn has well and truly arrived. Um, I'm liking it. I'm liking the trees and changing colour. So um, we've got a fantastic guest coming up for you very, very shortly. But before we do, um, I just want to kind of reinforce this message about Ditch the Diet Radio. Um, Far too many women struggle with food and stress about their weight they spend too much time in their heads just worrying and feeling really guilty you know because of what they've eaten or what maybe they haven't eaten it affects their confidence their self-esteem their self-worth and it's really got to stop now at the end of the day we've all got a life to live and we've got memories to create we've got experiences which are waiting for us Um, And I'm a recovered diet junkie. Now, I spent far too long obsessing, worrying, freaking out about food and what my body looked like. And once you start your journey towards healing that, getting towards that place of freedom and recovery, life changes. And this this episode is going to be about self-confidence, which is a really interesting topic. But Ditch the Diet Radio is really dedicated to bringing together so many experts within the field of health, body image, female empowerment, self-care, confidence, mindset, just to start giving you some tips and some strategies that can really help you address your food issues, your body image issues, your confidence issues, and actually get to that place where you start enjoying your life. That's the whole point, right? So let's move on. I've got a fantastic guest waiting to talk to us on the other end of the phone right now. And this is a lady who is, she's a presence teacher. She's a trainer, she's a kinesiologist, and she teaches entrepreneurs and professionals who really want to improve their speaking skills in conversation um, and on video and presentation to actually really step into that place of self-confidence and to do it with impact. And the practices that she teaches them actually help them to own their inner power, speak in a way that's authentic and charismatic. And this is the reason why I wanted to have her on the show, because this is something that I know so many of us can benefit from. So without further ado, are you there, Elsevina Rietveld? Oh, yes, uh, <laughs> I am. And um, oh, I'm from the Netherlands, if you haven't guessed yet. So it's always a challenge to... Um, how does one pronounce thy name? But you are so perfect at it. It's really thank you. Yeah, yeah we uh, we just we we confirmed. Like I confirmed with Elsevina just before. I was like, is this how I pronounce your name? She's like, yes, it is. So that's good. So Elsevina, you are in the the ho- in, in the Holland in the Netherlands right now. So thank you for getting up um, this morning to have a chat with us. Um, so I want to kind of just get stuck in. So you are a presence teacher. Um, what does that actually mean? 
Well, I um, let me start with maybe what brought me to this, because in the beginning, of course, I didn't know I need to learn about presence at all. I mean, I didn't know what it was. And nobody walks around like, ooh, I wonder how my presence is doing. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. <laughs> but what I was feeling in the beginning, um, when I was a student, I was so afraid for uh, to speak in public. Mm-hmm. Um, so more than three or four people, I would just freeze, black out. You know, I, I said something, but I wouldn't know what I have said. I think a lot of people can relate to that, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, either on the stage or in a meeting or even in a networking situation, um, you know, so some people or many people actually are quite okay with talking to a group, like it's an anonymous group, but then one-to-one this arises. And what you said before really triggered me, you know, about diet getting stuck in your head. Yes. And it's actually the same what's happening here. So you're in your head, you're having prejudices and fears and just thinking, oh my God, what is um, going on? And when you're doing that, you are not present because you are in your head and worrying either about something that has happened before or that you fear will happen. Mm. So that's so, so you actually teach people to learn to reconnect to being present, right? Yeah. So the, the work I teach has practical tools and I came across this four or five years ago when I had um, the same feeling that I had as a student in front of the camera because I wanted to do something with online training. As a kinesiologist, I also um, studied a year for orthomolecular therapy. Maybe you know that, Um, which is about food (laughs) and what it does for your body. So it was really interesting. And I thought um, so many people need to know about it, but having them come to a workshop on prevention and dieting is maybe harder. So I create an online course, but I just couldn't press record on the camera. The same things happened again, stuck in my head. What will they think? It is, you know, I'm an idiot. They, who will listen to me? Yeah. Uh, everybody is making videos on um, food and health already. Uh, there's so much controversy. Yada, yada, yada. So, same things, and in the end, I didn't make a course oh, whatsoever. Okay. So that was, that is what brought me, someone pointed me towards this presence journey. And I started it, and what I loved about it that is that it's so practical, that if you have, there are some, it's really hard to describe it, <laughs> but the practices are like body, mindset, and energy work. So there are visualizations, Um, body practices that you do because when you are in your body with your attention more grounded um, and you get out of your head you are so much more present yeah and it's such a difference it's really amazing and it turned out this was my real passion (laughs) so I sort of I still work with some kinesiology but I am no longer actively teaching and promoting the food health area which I um well I still feel passionate about obviously and someday we'll integrate all together you know like actually you are doing here on this podcast you know it's all tied together somehow you know everything's connected right everything's connected you know when you when you go and on stage or you have a TEDx presentation or just in your team or 
in the networking and you have to pitch your services like you know there's the pitch hour and you can stand up and say this is what i do also then it it differs how you slept how you moved what you ate mm-hmm. how energetic you feel and what you radiate out to the people so that also has an effect so you know it's all connected and uh, what i love about the work that i do is that it's really practical mm-hmm. so um when I do live trainings here in the Netherlands and I have created with video because I now love doing videos, an online training where I teach the same practices. And when you do the practice, you notice the immediate difference. And that is what I think is so amazing. So when you, one thing, for example, if I can give you a little example here is um, to get out of this head bubble, we, we call it like a head bubble, you know, you're stuck in your head. Yeah. It's sort of disconnected from your body, from your surroundings. And when you um, shift your attention to your um, through the center of your body, mm-hmm. which is around um, three inch or seven centimeters below your navel and then inside your body. Yeah. So if you place one hand under your belly and one hand at the bottom of your back, yeah. just between your hands in the middle, there is your center. And it is in the beginning, you're like, what is that all I have to do? All you have to do is focus on that point. It's also known as Qi, Dan Chen. It has many names. You know, it's years long in the yoga tradition, fighting, sports, use it a lot. Okay. Um, And the other way maybe to find that point is to imagine like a bowl. And the upper rim of the bowl is the upper rim of your pelvis. Okay. And then right in the bottom of the bowl there is your center and it can help to visualize if you are a visual person to visualize a flame or a flower or a pearl something that makes it easier to focus on that point and all you do is bring your attention to that point and so many things shift it is amazing I think um, I think so many people listening can relate to this because I know a lot of the time when I'm working like with my clients or I'm obviously talking about food and healing your relationship with those obsessive thoughts that many women can have about food and weight and you know um, yeah food obsession. So many people and myself included, like I can relate to what you're saying quite a lot from my own story. We spend so much time in our head. You know, we think about things and we overanalyze things and we, we're overcritical and we're always worrying about what might happen or what could happen and actually having that awareness of being more in your body even though it can be challenging sometimes it's something that's really really important isn't it like if you're not in your body you're kind of floating through life without without having any kind of connection yeah um, we were talking about you know when you're in your head and then you're disconnected from the present moment and also in your head um we have so much judgment Mm. to ourselves which raises our stress levels and there also i find this can help this this little practice that i just shared with you so imagining this center point in your body um things i hear back all the time in the trainings when i do it uh, i ask people to share about their day and when they first start talk about their head from their head there are often worries and things going on and too much information it's like myself included but I do this practice a lot 
And when I'm really focusing in my head and I'm sharing, <clears throat> I have the feeling, oh, I have to say everything. And it's just one big bowl of mental chatter. And I just, you know, pour it out over the other person when I share about my day. And then when I just drop into my center, <clears throat> that's how we call it. So um, it's moving your attention to that point about seven centimeters below the navel inside the body. Yeah. Just putting the attention there. That sounds like, oh. like you're saying, it sounds so simple, but just putting your attention inside your body, that is a really powerful practice, isn't it? That's something that I do actually as, as much as I can because I, I can have a tendency to sort of drift up into my head, which I'm sure that most of us can at some time. But <laughs> I think just having that, um, having that practice like you mentioned, and I really like the idea of having like the ball or that visualization of something like a flame or something inside for you to just literally focus on. So you're kind of setting the intention, aren't you, that your energy is going to go from your head into your body? Yeah, absolutely. And the fun thing is, when I do this in trainings with people, and feel free to experiment with this at home, if you're doing this, just it's easiest when you start with it to stand up and okay. to imagine to, that you have like a tree, you have roots going into the ground about three meters deep, Yeah, really bringing grounding, and then drop down with your attention to that center point. And if you have someone present with you maybe a partner or a friend or a colleague even you can ask them to gently push against your shoulder and then between the shoulder blades really gently and then you shift back up with your attention to your head um, the easiest way is to worry a little bit about something and not something big but you know did I send that email or did I forget to to put the groceries in the fridge yes some little thing and then that brings you back in your head, in your worried place. And then, again, gently push against the shoulder and between the shoulder blades and feel the difference. And it is immense. Of course, if you, you, know, if you do it now, I've been doing it for four years almost every day. So people say, like, oh, you feel like a rock when they are doing it with me. But everybody, even those that do it for the first time, you know, they can feel in their center a little bit of movement. Mm-hmm. but it feels really solid and firm even though maybe <clears throat> the body goes left to right a little bit but then when you go to your head with your attention the difference is huge you're really off balance so quickly yeah. so even physically but that has an effect also for your mental situation <clears throat> when you're in your head you're just you now quickly out of balance out of line and just doing this is already making such a difference um yeah I can see that actually and I can see how that that um and it almost sounds too simple but I I know you know from from personal experience how powerful those kind of exercises can be and you know anyone listening to this now who is in that place of food obsession um diet obsession weight obsession and I know from my experience that is in basically you living in your head you are worrying, thinking, overanalyzing, questioning, judging, all this stuff like the head chatter that um, Elsevina is talking about. When you're up there in your head, it's like from your neck down, you're completely separated from yourself. So all your energy is up there. And, and I, I always get you know, people that I'm working with, a big part of them to start healing their relationship with food is to become more present. It's about them dropping down into their body. Because if you're not in your body and you're not present, it's impossible for you to 
feel that that inner power, that intuition to listen to hunger, listen to satisfaction. You've got to be home. You know, you've got to be home in your body. Um, and I think what you're saying that that practice of just doing this as much as you can, it can really start to impact not just food and eating, but life in general, right? Absolutely. And also speaking and because, you know, you can use this, these practices for so many things, mm. for your femininity, for relationships, for but because this is my background, like, like I shared in the beginning, I was so afraid of public speaking. And as a student, I joined a debating club to overcome this fear. Okay. <clears throat> so I um, debated for years. I met my husband through debating and we debated together as a team and we won some tournaments. So I learned to cope with my fear, but I was still really, really stressed out. You know, when I, I was once in the finals, 150 people looking and I was really proud because I made it. But before I went up, I peed like 10 times. I was really <laughs> nervous and stressed out and like still sort of n not 100%. Well, definitely not present, though I didn't know it back then. <clears throat> but hmm, I was very much in my, um, in my head. And it, yeah, so it, it really still was a really big effort for me yes. to stand in front of the audience. And I have been working with presence for a few years. And last year I decided to re-enter a debating tournament after more than 10 years. I've been judging in the meantime a lot, but I haven't been participating. So I've my husband said, well, I've been out far too long. I haven't been judging. So I found a guy who was re who's a lawyer and stand-up comedian and a really good debater. And I was like, hmm, when I do it again, I want someone with me to <laughs> pull me up and not the one, you know, having to lift the other because I don't know if I still can. <laughs> yeah. So I went to the day and there were about 50 participants and I ended up being third speaker, best female debater. So that was a nice result. But what for me was so much different was that I could stay present so before the debates I wasn't nervous you know I just felt okay you know a little bit of course you know that this this little bit of nerves that you need to increase your performance yeah that was there but all the other things I didn't need to go peeing 10 times I wasn't in my head like oh what will the judges think oh it's I knew some of the judges of course oh will they think of I just could drop down and I well, the method that I'm teaching has about 50 practices. So I used a few more mm -hmm. to really stand uh, in my own space, feel confident, feel calm. And I could think whilst I was speaking and I felt so present. And well, the result was nice, of course, also. But for me, the biggest result was the shift that I noticed uh, when I compare it to my debating times back as a student. Yeah. I just felt so, yeah, confident. I think that's such an important connection to kind of, suppose, reinforce for everybody that's listening. Like if right now you do struggle with whether it's confidence or, you know, just having that self-esteem or actually saying what you want to, obviously in the context of food and eating, if you are not in your body, you are going to find these things really challenging because... Um, I think we've. I think you might have mentioned, Elsabina, about the the whole concept about being grounded as well. Like you can't be grounded if you're not present and in your body. And mm -hmm. you know, I used to suffer 
particularly at sort of university towards the end when I also struggle with food, I used to suffer from anxiety attacks and panic attacks, like proper full-blown ones, which were really awful, like proper debilitating. Um, but I now know it's because my complete focus and energy was in my head. Like I was not in my body. I wasn't present. And, you know, something that I'm very aware of now, if I start feeling anxious or worried about something, I always bring my focus and my energy back into my body because, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're the expert in this field, but I'm assuming that it's pretty much impossible to be like over anxious if you're practicing to be present. Is that true? Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Because you sort of, you know, you can compare, you know, the, the mind never stops, you know, you cannot really shut it out, but it is as if you sort of drop underwater Yes. And all these ideas and chatter from the mind is just going like bum, 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 and you don't really hear it. It doesn't impact you because it's sort of you're going to this nice, quiet place underwater. And what, what you just now said, you know, in relationship to food, what I think is a great way of using this practice when you are um, <clears throat> working on your um, a diet isn't a good word, changing your food pattern. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. So actually being more present and being in our bodies, that allows us to be more connected to our authenticity and actually this inner power, really, because then we're not allowing our mind to dominate our choices, as in mm -hmm. you should do this, you shouldn't do that. And I think this is really common in the field of food, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. But actually, if you're in your body and you're present, you're allowing your body to kind of guide you. And I, I refer to this actually as a body wisdom. I talk a lot about body wisdom because if somebody is, I suppose, reconnected back to their bodies, as you're talking about from a present point of view, we have this intuition when it comes to what we really want and what we really desire. And that comes from within us. It doesn't come from our head. It comes from our body actually telling us and giving us this information. Um, yeah, And I love that connection that you just made there, that if you're not actually present and you're not in your body, you're going to, again, you're going to find that hard. You're going to be more swayed by your thoughts and suggestions by other people. So you're not being true to yourself. Um, yeah, that's a really powerful point to mention, actually. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, you can use this technique for so many things, but, you know, in speaking presentations but also just for yourself and I found what you just said it helped me connect to my intuition so much more mm. and I I also um <laughs> I don't know I always uh smell or sniff something okay and that also there you know I I had um a pepperoni in the fridge one day and I sniffed it and it's it it, it smelled like bad but it looked perfect and I was like okay not today so next day I sniffed it again and it smelled so sweet and delicious I was like okay today <laughs> so it's just a maybe stupid example but it was really you know my intuition saying ah oh, it's not good for you to eat this pepperoni today and yeah, like you don't the, want it like your body doesn't want it today yeah yeah so that's um and uh, it's also, you know, kids, when they are not um, distracted by, you know, sweets and Coca-Cola and everything, in the basics, kids are actually really good in just saying what they want. And we have this norm, like, kids should eat this or that. Yeah. But there are, 
when they crave for something or they want something, it's often that there's an element in that food that they need, their body needs, and they know it. And of course, sugar is interfering with this because, you know, it's, it has a, well, (laughs) that's a whole different story. But so when kids say like, oh, I want the sweets and that is not their authentic, um want from within but if if your kid says oh i want to eat meat or i don't want to eat meat at all and it really you know it feels like it comes from within yeah then it even though everybody they say like oh you should eat meat twice a week or whatever if your kid says i need it every day or i don't want it at all they are a little bit more still connected to the body and less in their head yeah a lot of the time so and yeah, when you go into your body, you tap into that body wisdom more. Definitely. So, so to kind of summarize then, Elsevina, when you talk about these techniques, and I know obviously this is your area of genius and you've got loads of techniques, is that one that you mentioned a bit earlier the, the most simplest thing for, for the listeners to be practicing when you said about imagining that ball? Is that something that you would recommend people start doing? Yeah, absolutely. It's the basic practice and the fundamental practice um, that is uh, behind this method. So um, there are like four or five other practices that uh, are dimensions of this and have an element of the center in it. Um, But the center practice is the basic. It's very easy, but it is so effective. And that is what I hear back from people all the time. Like it's really easy, you know, and it doesn't take a lot of time. You can do it everywhere. When you stand in line in the supermarket, you can just take a second and drop down into your center. Okay. Where you're talking to some, so you can practice it all the time until, like you said, with you, it's more sort of a habit to mm. get out of your head and be there. But in the beginning, like with everything you learn new, you have to have your attention with it. But all you have to do is remind yourself, okay. Am I in my center? Am I in my center? And you can practice it everywhere and, you know, nobody sees it. And you can also, of, of course, you can do it when you're sitting. So when you're at work and you're preparing a presentation or someone walks into your office and starts to talk, you can just drop down and have okay. that conversation. So okay. all the time you can just use it. So it's really easy and so effective. The only thing is I compared like building a muscle. In the beginning, you really have to train yourself. Yes. to have it even be more effective. Yes. And it is absolutely the fundamental practice of this work. So so really then, I'm guessing that right now, as in everyone that's listening to this, they can start this now. Like you don't have to be waiting for the right time. It's just something that you can start doing. Um, you're kind of suggesting as well that you don't have to be doing this for like five or 10 minutes at a time. It could literally be whilst you're making a cup of coffee in the kitchen so just getting into that habit of bringing your attention into your body. Yeah. And the most important thing is just don't worry. Just like of, like you're a secretary, you're taking a note. So am I in my head or am I in my center? And if you're in your head, you say, okay, then I go down. And you try to go down and stay down. And in the beginning, you'll see, you know, you cannot even stay there for five minutes. Yes. <laughs> and that's okay. Because if you start, you want to start to uh, to learn running, you know, you cannot start by running a marathon, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you start with one minute running and then you one minute walking and one minute running again and one minute walking. And that even, you know, that's a physical thing. So you don't do it 
all day, every day, but this is not that physical. So you can just check, am I in my center with my attention? Okay, yes. No, I'm in my head. Okay, then I go down. And when you worry like, oh, why am I in my head again? Why can't I go down? Then you cannot go down because you're clinging on your head bubble. (laughs) Just worrying means you cannot go down easily. Definitely. I I think so many people can relate to this. And like you said, it's not just in the context of, public speaking presentations or or also just you know food or eating it's actually for everything I think if uh, if more of us spent more time in our bodies like in our home um, I think we would just experience life from a completely different viewpoint to when we're in our heads and stressing about stuff always absolutely Hmm. right so um, well before we finish where can we find out more information about what you do as Sabina so what's your what's your website um, well, uh, like I said at the beginning, I have kind of an extraordinary name, even in the Netherlands. <laughs> so I had the fortune um, that my website, elzewine.com, was still available. Perfect. <laughs> so uh, I think I have it a little bit more than a year now. No, almost a year. So a year ago, I because I had, of course, a Dutch website and I wanted to do international. So my trainings are all in English. Okay. So I wanted to build an international training and I needed an English website for it because people start. I started meeting people uh, all over the world and saying, what do you do? And I had like this Dutch website. So now I have this English website and it is elsevina.com. Fantastic. Well, actually, all of your uh, all of your details are going to be underneath this podcast anyway. So any of you that are listening and you do want to know more about what Elsevina does, and I think it's a really powerful um, kind of field that, that you're working in because I think so many people need to understand that they are in control of how they feel, that they can tap into confidence, that they can you know, use that inner power within them to just, to just speak with this authenticity. Um, I think so many people can, can relate to that. But your details will be available wherever you guys are listening. Now, before we finish, I've got a few quick fire round questions. All of my guests are being asked these questions to kind of end it with a bit of fun. So are you ready? I am. Okay, so first question. What's your favorite food or your favorite type of food? Um, Well, two things. I love salads, all kinds of things, but I also love chocolate, dark chocolate. So balancing. (laughs) Yeah, balancing, exactly. Sort of that one and the other one. Okay, fab. Next question. If you could be um if you could have some kind of superhero superpower, what would it be and why? Uh, Yeah, one superpower that I'd love is uh, teleportation. Oh yes. So I because I live in the Netherlands, but I love mountains especially in switzerland okay so if i could just teleport myself there and go on a hike every weekend that would make me really happy plus i am afraid of flying so if i don't have to i avoid planes so that would be an extra (laughs) bonus for this oh definitely i can appreciate why being um yeah having sort of teleporting skills would be useful um i agree with you on that one as well um okay what's your best piece of advice that you've ever received um well it's a thought actually that um that my mentor shared with me it is this too shall pass and i love it because it's it's about both you know when you're really a really happy energetic kind of situation it cannot last forever it would be exhausting and it 
But also if you're feeling bad or down or tired or, you know, or the kids having this puberty attack and like, what's happening? And you, again, you can get stuck in your head and feel really worried and, oh my God. But if you just know this too shall pass. Yeah. That's really, yeah, I love that advice. That's a, that's a really good advice, actually. I like that one. Um, okay, what's your favorite place to travel to in the world? Switzerland. I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> I love it. It's the I speak the Swiss German dialect. Yes. Uh, worked there a few times. There's an area just um, well, I I love the whole part, but especially the German speaking because Switzerland has like three languages yeah. in the country, but the German speaking uh, part and then in the mountains. So when you go from Zurich to Chur and then a little in the midway, there is. Um, this uh, the mountains start and that is the place that I I sort of I feel home when I'm there it's just so beautiful it's the start of the mountain so it starts really with uh, hills and then going up to really high mountains yeah it's amazing there no, that sounds lovely we were saying actually before we kind of started recording this I lived in Germany for quite a while in Munich so I was mm-hmm. quite fortunate to travel around particularly around the south and like you said sort of Switzerland Austria I love that part of the world there's something very very magical about that part of the world for sure yeah um okay tea coffee or something else tea I drink a lot of tea and then green tea yeah so green tea lemon green tea jasmine nice green tea I'm a coffee drinker. You already know that anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't like, I never learned to drink coffee. So yeah, I just stick with tea. (laughs) That's okay. There are worse things though, aren't there? I suppose worse things in the world that you could choose to drink all the time. Um, What's your, um, have you got a favorite quote or um, a mantra, Alcivina? Yeah, this one that I picked up a while ago from... um, another mentor where I do the training in the Lucky Bee community Mm -hmm. from Denise Devil Thomas. And she said, I serve, I deserve. Yeah. And I printed it out and I, I hang it up in my office where I work. So I look at it um, right now, actually, but I, I love that one. That's a good one, right? Just to kind of remind you that you're, you're helping people. So you deserve the benefit of having, of doing that. Like it. Okay, final question before we wrap up for today. What's your ultimate act of self-care? So what do you like to do for yourself? Well, um, I, I, yeah, there are so many things. <laughs> like eating healthy. I have this really great facial care from Anne-Marie Berlin. It's really high-end. and I, I don't have a lot of things, but just rubbing in a little bit feels really great. But if I have... A moment that I feel I really want some time for myself. I do that every now and then. I really love to just sit on the couch and have a blanket with me when it's like the fall and winter starting now and have a book and a cup of tea and just time for myself to really dive in the story and enjoy. No no TV, no phones, nothing. And just read my book. Or when it's summer, I sit outside in the garden and I read my book with my cup of tea. That is really my my moment. 
so that's, to say my charging moment <laughs> definitely I think we all need that right we all need time for ourselves to just recharge our batteries and almost disconnect from the the stress of life sometimes I love it thank you thank you so much Elsevina for being on and Ditch the Light Radio today I think you've shared some very useful tips which I know that the listeners are going to get a lot of benefit from yeah well thank you for having me I love talking to you and um I think it's so important what you do and what you share. And I love also how much in line the things are that we do. Yeah, so absolutely. As we said before, everything's connected, right? <laughs> yeah. And what you do is so important as well. So yeah, really awesome. Good stuff. Thank you very much, Alcivina. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Ditch the Diet Radio, everyone, with your host, Rachel Foy. That's me. If you've got ever any questions, then you can email me at info at rachelfoy.com. Be sure to check out the website, rachelfoy.com, for your free gifts and other bits and pieces. And if you would like to leave a review or subscribe to the podcast, then please do so. I am trying my absolute best right now to get the most amazing, incredible, and inspirational people on the podcast show. And if there's anyone that you would really like me to interview, then drop me a message and I will see what I can do. Have an awesome day and remember that you can have a life where food doesn't control you. I can't wait to show you how. Bye.